folks. I'm so sorry. I'm running really late. I actually took a vacation, and uh, I never recorded on Sunday night, which is when I usually record for my Sunday broadcast. But because the Super Tuesday results aren't in, we're going to talk about what I wanted to talk about first. Joe Biden blows out the competition on Saturday, paving the way for what's going to be a hot Super Tuesday. Last week, Senate Democrats proved they are what we always knew they were, evil. Bernie Sanders is not only a communist, but he's kind of a perv, which kind of adds some personality to him and really shows us what the Communist Party really is about. Uh, And uh, his writings of the 70s actually prove what I just said two seconds ago. And let's go over a little bit of a coronavirus update. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. So I was going to skip Monday's episode, but I just think it's really fun to talk about, especially since we have no information uh, from Super Tuesday's results. Today is Tuesday, by the way. I'm going to publish this today, and then we'll go over yesterday's results. But I do want to get my uh, opinions in. And there were just such great stories last week that I never got to talk about. Um, last week, Saint, uh, last week, uh, Sleepy Creepy Joe absolutely destroyed the field in South Carolina, uh, beating Bernie Sanders by <laughs> close to 30.30%. He absolutely nailed it. Uh, got most of the uh, got most of the delegates in that state, uh, and South Carolina proved to be the uh, to prove that South Carolina was going to be the firewall. And I think looking at what's happening today, and none of this is going to be in my show notes simply because I just learned about it. Um, he he looked pretty solid, and now he looks like he's definitely in contention to be the Democratic presidential candidate. So let's take a look at the numbers from Saturday uh, in South Carolina. Sleepy Coopy Joe had a 48.4%. That's with 100% of the electorate. Comrade Sanders had 19.9% coming in second. Tom Steyer, who's not important enough to come up with a name, uh, was at 11.3%. Mayor Pete at 8.2%, Chief Elizabeth at 7.1%, and Amy Klobuchar at 3.1%. And to be honest with you, there were like five other candidates. Who cares? They're done. So this is a big deal for Biden. He needed the win, and he needed to win big. He needed to take most of the delegates from South Carolina. He did. Uh, he and Comrade Sanders were the only ones that were able to pull delegates from South Carolina. Don't forget, it's between a 13 and 15 percent cutoff. So if you don't receive 15 percent, California, I believe it's 15 percent. If you don't receive 15 percent of the vote, you're done. Yeah, you don't get it. So everything, Steyer, Pete, Elizabeth, Klobuchar, they got nothing. So it was good for them. Um, this is going to make the, this is going to make the contest interesting. And I actually had a couple of things, a couple of comments about what could happen here. So this was from Sunday before we actually found out what was going on. Um, we can see some things. One, Mike Bloomberg doesn't have a snowball in hell's chance of becoming the Democratic president. He's done. Candidate. He's done. Um, he's not going anywhere. There's no road for him to become president. 
I think one of the things Bloomberg is praying for is a contestant convention uh, in July, and then he kind of sneaks in. Basically, he really is hoping he is going to be able to pay for the presidential candidacy. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think he has enough support, but he can't pull out of the race because he's been waiting for Super Tuesday. He's been waiting for today. I think he's going to really, he's really not going to do well today. He's not going to receive the counts that he's expecting. But the problem is he is in Joe Biden's lane, which means he's a moderate. He is actually taking Joe Biden's votes. That's not good for Joe Biden. Um, I was wondering if Bloomberg was actually going to continue on, if he was actually going to pull out of the race and put full support behind Biden. Even if he had pulled out and his name is still on the ballot in Super Tuesday, Bloomberg could at least ease up some of the votes. He did not do that. I understand why he didn't do that. Um, so not a big stink. Uh, Steyer has already given up after the South Carolina primary. So has Mayor Pete. So has Amy Klobuchar. And all three have thrown their full weight behind Joe Biden. Not to mention Beto O'Rourke today through or yesterday threw his full weight behind Joe Biden, which I don't know what weight he's trying to throw. Uh, I, I don't think uh, um, Robert O'Rourke would actually help anybody, to be honest with you. But OK, they did this. Elizabeth Warren, who is the progressive, who is the leftist, has decided to stay in the race for whatever crazy reason. She's not even in the running anymore. No one is even taking her any serious, any, any taking her seriously. So she's going to be pulling votes from Bernie. Now, this is where things can get very confusing on Super Tuesday. There are going to be about 1,499 uh, 1,497 delegates available on Super Tuesday. The big one is going to be California, which has 415. California is going to be the big thing for Biden. Biden needs to make sure he gets at least 15% so he can steal some delegates from, uh, from Bernie Sanders. And that's the one thing to remember when we talk about uh, primaries. In the Democratic Party, it's not if you win, you get all the de delegates. It's broken up into percentages. So let's say Bernie gets 30% of the delegates in, um, gets 30% of the delegates or 30% of the vote in California or 40% of the vote in California. He gets 40% of the delegates. Likewise, if Biden gets 17, 18% of the de uh, votes in California, he gets 17, 18% of the delegates. Now that's important because it really does show that Bernie needs to win at least three, 300 delegates. And I'd say he probably needs to win more. So, Sanders taking up part of Bernie's lane is going to hurt Bernie in uh, is going to hurt Bernie in California. Uh, there's no question. The question is how many votes is she going to take? Is she going to break 15%? And if she breaks 15% and Biden breaks 15%, that's really going to bite into Bernie's uh, Bernie's vote, Bernie's uh, election chances. So what are we looking at here? We're looking at a brokered or contestant convention. That's what's, it, I, I don't know who it was because I just heard about it today, but one of the major poll 
polling uh, sites has declared that there's about a 60 to 70 percent chance that there's going to be a brokered or contested convention. So what does that mean? Um, A presidential candidate needs 1,991 delegates to win the to win the primaries. So right now it's looking like Bernie and Biden are like neck and neck. Uh, Bernie might have 1,600 and um, Biden might have 1,450. And after South Carolina, that could actually be split. So we're not really sure where anyone is, but neither of the two are at the point of 1,991 delegates. So we're looking at a brokered convention. Now, I don't know much about it. I'm going to have to read about it. There is, by the way, a big difference between a contested convention and a brokered convention. I'm going to have to read up and see what the difference it is. But this is such a rare occurrence that in my lifetime, and I'm 52 years old, going to be 52. I'm not quite there yet. But that's never happened. So it's going to be something I'm going to have to look up. And probably tomorrow when I go over Super Tuesday, we're going to talk about what is actually going to happen. Tonight is going to be something. I'm going to be watching the Backstage Pass on Daily Wire because I think they're going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I suggest you sit back and watch. And what's really sad, California. Now, I'm on the West Coast. I'm in California. California isn't expected to be finished. The polls don't close till 8 o'clock Pacific time, 11 p.m. Eastern time. So Bernie and and Bernie and uh, Comrade Bernie and uh, Sleepy Creepy Joe are not even going to know what's happening until about 11 p.m. their time. So we may not even know what's going on until tomorrow morning with California and California is the big prize. So let's stay tuned and we'll talk about it again tomorrow night. Alrighty then. So here's, here's the thing. I I really was, I wrote this, the show notes are written already and everything is done and there wasn't any audio, but there was something that was really kind of ignored by the media, except for some of the conservative sites last, uh, last week, the, uh, the Senate was presented with a bill uh, on Tuesday, actually, of last week. Democrats in the U.S. Senate blocked a bill that would have required clinics and hospitals to provide basic medical treatment to infants born alive after a failed abortion. Democrats tried to position something called the Born Alive Abortion Survivors Protection Act as a radical assault on the bodily autonomy of women and the intrusion of government into medical decisions. But uh, that's not what it was. The author of the bill was um, Ben Sass, who's a Republican. Congress found the following. One, if this is part of the bill, and you can read the bill. If you go to dumbassestalkingpolitics.com, I actually have a copy of the bill. You can read the bill. Very short, straight to the point. Baby born, alive, because the doctor is incompetent, baby stay alive. We take care of the baby, and the baby stays alive. It's that simple. So the Congress, this is what they wanted. One, if an abortion results in a live birth of an infant, the infant is a legal person for all purposes under the laws of the United States and is entitled entitled to the protection of such laws. And number two, any infant born alive after an abortion or within a hospital, clinic, 
or other facility has the same claim to the protection of the law that would arise for any newborn or for any person who comes to a hospital, clinic, or other facility in screening in, for screening and treatment or otherwise becomes a patient care. Um, okay, seems rather. So, baby's born, baby has the right to survive. It's that simple. There's, there's really nothing more. And the hospital, the clinic, or whatever needs to take care of that baby. End of story. Well, no, the Democrats have decided to say not... Well, the Democrats did not support the bill. Even CNN. CNN sat back and refused to call a baby born, mind you, born, refused to call a baby a baby. They still referred to a born baby after a botched abortion as a fetus. Now, in their defense, eventually they apologized for that. They didn't mean it. But but the reality is, this is part of the problem with the Democratic Party. You mean to tell me it would be better for the autonomy of a woman? The, phys- the, the biological autonomy of women? To let a human being die on a table because an incompetent doctor... I, I'm I'm not understanding things here. I'm seriously not understanding how this works. This leads me to a point that I had heard on a podcast, and the point is, and I've always believed this, I've always even said it, the Democratic Party, the left, is evil. Not Democrats, not liberal Democrats. There's a difference between liberal Democrats and the Democratic Party. But the left is evil. This is evil. You are killing a baby. And by the way, there is less of a, listen to what, I mean, CNN basically said that if a newborn baby is not wanted by the mother, that makes it a fetus. It makes it less than a human being. That was their argument. How is that not evil? Well, here's something crazy that the mom could do. Give it for adoption. Don't kill it. Give it up for an adoption. Nothing wrong with that. It's not even evil. What's evil is killing the baby. And here's the thing. It's not what the mom thinks, whether it's the baby. It's what the baby is. For example, I'd be hard-pressed for anyone in the world to tell me the difference between a baby that is in the womb three days before birth and a baby that is outside the womb three hours after the birth. Tell me what the difference is. How about three days after the birth? How about a week after the birth? Three days before the birth? Three weeks after the birth? There, or three uh, uh, days after the birth? There's no difference. It's a baby. But, you know, we shouldn't be shocked. We, we should not be shocked. Because the, the, the Democrats, I'm sorry, the left, not the Democrats. Liberal Democrats are not evil. But the left is evil. Let's talk about it. The homeless problem. Let's, let's look at some of their past transgressions and talk about what is evil. The homeless crisis. The homeless crisis is not in red states. The homeless crisis is in blue cities and blue states. Los Angeles, San Francisco, New York, Boston, Baltimore, Chicago. 
The Democrats sit back and say, well, they have the right to do whatever they want. No, they, that's not the case. It's okay to let someone outside freeze to death. It's, a pers- it's okay for someone who's got a drug problem to just let them do whatever he wants and continue to use drugs instead of going out and helping that individual recover his life or her life. It's okay for the mentally uh, damaged, the mentally um, deficient to sit back and destroy. And then what about uh, live like in filth, in disease, with rats? That's good? No, I propose that's evil. And it's evil because the people who do the right thing do not get the benefit of doubt and they have to struggle. Support for such pedophiles as Jeffrey Epstein, Harvey Weinstein, Bill Clinton, Roman Polanski, Woody Allen, the list goes on and on and on. Powerful people can do whatever they want. It has always been that way. John F. Kennedy, who I thought was a pretty decent president, but didn't get the time. John F. Kennedy was the same way. But it's not about, it's not about your contributions to society. That means we kind of excuse those. It's the power, the money. Where do you give? What side are you on? I guarantee you, and we know this through hundreds of examples, if a Republican were like that, no, they would not get the benefit of the doubt. And they shouldn't, by the way. They absolutely should not. The transsexual movement, including allowing kids to change their sex. There was a a rally for Pete Buttigieg, and a nine-year-old came up and wanted to, to... sit there and say, you know, I want to declare, I want to come out of the closet and say that I'm gay. And Pete Buttigieg praised him as being brave. That's not brave. That's you're, 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 you're nine. You don't know what sex is. I didn't know what sex is. Was at nine? I had no freaking idea. You're going to tell me this nine-year-old knows the difference between wanting to have sex with another male or wanting to have sex with a female? He doesn't know any of that. He hasn't even gone through his puberty yet. He has no idea. And there's mom holding him. And that goes into transsexuals, like like trans story times. And, and this thing with Justin the Amazing, or whatever the hell his name is. We're, the, we're accepting perversion. This is evil. There's nothing normal. There's nothing good about it. And then we're looking at other things like demonization of Christianity and Judaism. Meanwhile, we accept religions like radical Islam. Christianity and Judaism, Israel, they want to blow it out of the face of the earth. Uh, Rashida Tlaib and Ilhan Omar, AOC, Bernie Sanders, who's an ethnic Jew. He's not a religious Jew, but he's an ethnic Jew. This is evil. Judeo-Christian philosophy combined with Greek teleos or Greek reason has brought us Western civilization. The destruction of Western civilization is evil because Western civilization has done so much. It has defeated so much evil. We've defeated the oppression of women. We've defeated the, um, we've defeated slavery. We've killed and were killed in this country because of slavery. We defeated Dred Scott. 
We've defeated, we've seen our evils because we are under a moral obligation to find evil. But the left wants to destroy that. Removal of our rights and real rights, free speech, the right to bear arms, the right to celebrate our religions. Here's the secret with, with rights. Healthcare is not a right. It's a service. You have to pay for it. Food is not a right. It's a service. You have to either be able to grow it. You have to be able to buy it. Whatever. Abortion is not a right. It's a service. It's a service of evil, but it is a service. Uh, a, um, a contract killer is also considered a service. It's not a right. It's evil, but it is a service. You have to pay for it. Religion or um, intersectionality and identity politics. This is pure evil, because it basically says we can't sit there and have a discussion because I'm a white man. I'm a middle-aged white heterosexual man. When you put more a more weight to an opinion or to an argument because a man is a transgender, gay, black, lesbian, this does not, this is evil. So in other words, they can sit there and I should be able to murder, murder white men. And, but that person's, uh, that person's opinion has more weight because he or she or whatever it is, is what it is. No, that's just wrong. Uh, illegal immigration is immoral. And it's not immoral not only for the citizens of the United States that have to, low-wage citizens of the United States that have to compete against people who have no business being in this country. It's evil for the citizens that believe, citizens of other countries that try and sneak into this country illegally because there's some utopia that the left has created and just isn't there. The utopia of being, the utopia that they want to reach, the things they have to go through, including slavery, including trafficking, including rape, including beatings, all this to come to this utopia? Now, I'm not saying it's not better than the countries they're in, but the reality of the matter is you're creating a false utopia and you're destroying the lives of the people inside of this country. And finally, crime reform, I also think is evil. Because suddenly we are trying to decriminalize crime. There are certain people that, yeah, they, okay, that Alice Gal that, that President Trump pardoned. Yeah, okay, she probably didn't deserve life sentence for dealing marijuana. But she knew what the crimes were. She knew what the time was. And she was carrying a weapon. And it's not like she was just dealing, a, she was a mule or something. She was running a, she was running a ring. Do I think that she did this because she didn't see any option? Probably. Should she have gotten life? Probably not. But she knew what she was going to get if she decided to take this. And that's what I'm saying. This is evil stuff. Evil. Not even, oh, okay, it's a different opinion. It's just flat-out evil. And that that brings us to Bernie Sanders. Let's talk about old Bernie. So back in the early 70s, I think it was about 1972, uh, 
you know, when Bernie was about 117 years old, uh, Bernie wrote in a little article he wrote, a man goes home and masturbates, uh, quote, I didn't write this, so I better quote this. A man goes home and masturbates his typical fantasy, a woman on her knees, a woman tied up, a woman abused, a woman enjoys intercourse with her man as she fantasizes being raped by three men simultaneously. He added later in the article, Do you know why newspapers with the articles like Girl 12 Raped by 14 Men sell so well? To what in us are they appealing? Oh, my Lord. Now, we're not talking this is some stuff that Bernie came up with two weeks ago or whatever. He did come up with this 40 weeks ago. But... I, um. This is really kind of odd stuff from this guy. He was confronted about it by Chuck Todd of MSNBC. And Sanders responded, quote, This is a piece of fiction that I wrote in 1972, I think. That was 43 years ago. It was very poorly written, he said. If you read it, it was dealing with gender, gender stereotypes. Why some men like to oppress women. Oh, my God. Why other women like to be submissive. You know, something like Fifty Shades of Grey. Very poorly written. 43 years ago, end quote. So what he basically said was, it was a bad idea to write this thing, but I was proving that there are gender stereotypes and uh, men are sexist and things like this. Remember I said intersectionality and um, uh, identity politics were evil? This is why. This is exactly why. This guy is never going to be, um, this thing is never going to be lived down. But it might not, if he ends up being the Democratic uh, presidential candidate, they may never bring it up. I know one person that will bring it up. His name is Donald J. Trump. He'll bring it up, as he should, because this is sick. This guy was always nuts. There's no question. Reading this crap, you know he is absolutely insane. But that wasn't it. There was an article. There was another called an article called "The Revolution is Life versus Death," and basically, this article was a communist manifesto. That's all it was. It wasn't the communist manifesto, but it was a communist manifesto where people were being oppressed. In one of his lines, he says this, quote, In Vermont, at a state beach, a mother is reprimanded by authority, capital A, because you're talking about the police, for allowing her six-month-old daughter to go out about without her diapers on. Now, if children go around naked, they are liable to see each other each other's sexual organs, and maybe even touch them. Terrible thing. If we think, if we bring children up like this, it will probably ruin the whole pornography business, not to mention the large, seg the large segment of the general economy which makes its money by playing on people's sexual frustrations. Oh my God. And the whole, whole essay went like this. It's a very short essay. You can read the essay at dumbassestalkingpolitics.com. It's available. Basically, the essay, this was only a section of the essay. It's, it's 
ridding of norms so that people can revolt against the humdrum life of the working class citizen. That's what it's about. He also talks about, not only does he talk about sexual freedom, but he talks about oppression of government, oppression of moral values, the evils of war, the virtues of the commune, and collectivism. So let's put it into context here. That doesn't mean what he said is any less evil. It is. And let's not forget, Bernie Sanders can talk about the virtues of a commune, but that son of a bitch got kicked out of a commune when he was in his 20s because he was too lazy. So to sit back and say that, oh, yeah, commune, blah, blah, blah. Uh, this is the evil of the left. And what's really scary is Bernie Sanders has a ton of supporters. And what's really scarier still, Bernie Sta Sanders is two steps from becoming president of the United States. And then we have that evil that becomes the norm in our society. This is not a good thing. Finally, let's go into a quick coronavirus update. And things keep changing by the second. Here's the update. Uh, there are upwards of 90,000 confirmed with the coronavirus worldwide. That's the bad news. The good news is that most we don't think we've even caught a bunch of them. That the coronavirus symptoms are not as bad as a lot of people are making them out to be. So we probably have a ton more coronavirus out there for people who are strong enough to actually fight the flu. Bad news, we have 3,200, about 3,100 people who have died. I think it's between 31 and 3,200 as of Super Tuesday. Um, good news, most of them had pre-existing conditions and were older. Even children, young babies and things like that, they, they may have symptoms of the coronavirus, but the reality is they seem to be able to pull through the disease. That's a good news. The United States has now five confirmed deaths. Uh, as of this writing, all five were in Washington states. We're in Washington state. We have about 10 cases of unknown origin, which means these people didn't travel. They just caught it. Um, okay, we knew that was going to happen. It's probably going to get a little worse before it gets better. But here's something to remember. The CDC basically, or the World Health Organization, excuse me, not the CDC, says that the COVID-19, which is the coronavirus, which is an offshoot of the SARS virus, is probably going to be, become one of these flus that we're going to have to um, immunize ourselves for. It's probably going to become a standard flu. So that's good. Um, flights have been suspended to and from Italy, and the president has ordered more travel bans. There have been now deaths in countries that have not had deaths before, in Thailand and in uh, Australia. Italy is taking it the hardest. They have about 80 people who have died from coronavirus. Uh, virus. Again, they're older. The World Health Organization says the outbreak has reached the highest level of risk for the world, which means it doesn't get any worse than this. Um, the director general warning that this virus can really go in any direction. Okay. Um, I don't know what that means. The idea is the WHO and the CDC have basically said they, they refuse to commit that the virus has actually plateaued. 
China says, and you can't believe much about what China says, but China says they have actually contained the virus. They said that it has plateaued and it's just going to go down. Uh, we do have countries, Canada, Israel, and the United States that are actively searching out for a vaccine for the virus. Israel, both Israel and Canada say they will probably have a virus, uh, they will have a vaccine within the next three to six month, the United, months. The United States, States said they will have a vaccine that is fully safe within the next year. And the reason is the United States is so far behind is simply because they do have tests. They have to make sure that if I give you that virus, you're not going to end up with ADS or some other terrible disease. So there are some things. Uh, last week, the Dow Jones fell about 4,000 points, mainly due to concerns about supply lines and the unknowns of the virus, which is expected. 4,000 points in a week is basically a correction. There was no real panic. Usually when it gets to a certain percentage, uh, the Dow will stop. They will actually cut. They did not. Supply lines are a huge issue because a lot of our equipment, a lot of our, our products come from China and we're not really working with China right now. I know in my business, I, I, I've been told by vendors that we will not see product because a lot of it's Chinese made. It's going to slow down. You need to, you need to order between three, three to six months before you actually need the product. On the good news, the Dow Jones feels the uh, stock market feels a lot more comfortable. Uh, yesterday, which was Monday, the day before Super Tuesday, the Dow Jones went up 1,300 points, which means there seems to be some stabilization. I haven't actually uh, checked the Dow Jones today. I should check it. Um, I just, like I said, I, I was on vacation. I just got home uh, when I started this podcast. So I need to see what is actually happening. But the second we become more comfortable, don't think you're not going to see stocks go straight up, probably past 30,000, simply because people are feeling far more comfortable. And now, because the Dow Jones is so low, people will start buying again. Uh, and I think that's good. Uh, the CDC and the government are dealing with medical supply shortages, especially uh, masks and goggles. Now, what the government, what the CDC and the World Health Organization is already saying is that, you know something, the masks and the goggles really do not help much for the layperson because the chances of contracting, uh, community contracting the virus, which means you just get it from somebody walking. I walked through train stations today. I wasn't, I didn't wear a mask. I didn't wear goggles. I wasn't that worried about it. They do not think that it is very easy, but masks and goggles are needed for medical professionals. And basically the CDC and the WHO are begging people to stop taking this stuff because the medical professionals need this stuff. President Trump has offered a bill that would be uh, $2.4 billion in order to work with the uh, world work with to prevention he has stopped um, travel from countries that are seriously dealing with the infection, including Iran, which I didn't know we were 
allowed travel for, to and from anyway. Um, uh, Italy, which seems to be hit really badly, and of course, China and some of the Indonesian countries. Australia, I think, is going to be on the board very soon. Uh, the Senate has said they want to give about two, about four billion dollars, and the House wants to give uh, over eight billion dollars to the prevention. Now, it's hard to say whether the House wants to give eight billion dollars because they want to make Trump look incompetent, or they want to make, or they want to actually add fat. We don't know yet. I haven't seen any of it. But that's where we are today. Uh, five people have died, all from Washington. Uh, I do want to point out one thing. Washington has a high homeless rate. California has a high homeless rate. New York has a high homeless rate. They have infections in New York. Uh, I'm not sure if someone has died from it, but they do have high levels of homeless. And so does Oregon. I expect we're going to see people dying of coronavirus, but not really hearing the circumstance. And with the Washington folks, we didn't hear the circumstance. And it turns out it was everyone over 50. All the people, I think there was one that might have been in their 40s, but all had pre-existing conditions, which means they already had respiratory issues. So the idea is not to panic. This is going to be a flu. We will get through this. The president is thinking about it. The president wants us to get through this whole thing, and we will. We will. It is a pandemic. It's not good. It is it is deadlier and more dangerous than the common flu, which I, I think President Trump needs to stop saying. But it is the flu. We just don't know anything about it. So, um, tonight's Super Tuesday. It is uh, almost, almost 3 o'clock Pacific time on Super Tuesday which means it's 6 p.m. Eastern time, which means it's going to be about an hour to two hours before the polls close. I'm going to be watching the Daily Wire's Backstage Pass. Please subscribe to the Daily Wire. They're really good. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at RunninFool, R-U-N-N-I-N-F-E-W-L. You can visit my, you can download or listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Podcast Addict, and YouTube. Visit my website at www.dumbassestalkingpolitics for all links, references, uh, video, pictures, and commentary. This is Gene, and you've listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics. <laughs> <laughs>